Welcome to Purple Paradise, a Huskies football podcast made just for you, the listener. Prepare to laugh and cry and be enlightened as Jake and G recap and preview every game all season long. Now here are your hosts, Jake and G. Hello, hello. Welcome to Purple Paradise podcast. We are going to be uh, talking about the game against USC and then the future game against Stanford. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for listening. Uh, Here's my co-host, Jake. Jake, how are you doing? How was your week? Oh, good. Uh, Week was good. Yeah. um, Glad you asked that. You know, I feel like our show needs a little (laughs) little opening banter, you know, <laughs> kind of that time to let people where we can relate to the audience and they know, hey, we're more than just sports geniuses. We're normal people, <laughs> you know, and um, had a good weekend, a lot of soccer, uh, kids soccer, daughter Rosie won her game, son Ezra won his game and then got to just roll right from those two morning games into the Huskies football game. So I feel that's relatable to our listeners. Um, I This is the time where we can relate to them. They yeah. can get to know us. Yes, yeah, Saturday was our dad's birthday, and uh, I was coaching a swim meet most of the morning, but I went and hung out with dad, and I asked him, oh, how's your birthday going? And he said, it's great. I had three wins. I got to watch my nephew, your son, win. I got to watch my that's niece right. win. Two soccer games, and he was like, and then the Huskies won. So you can't really ask for a better birthday than that. Happy birthday, Dad. See, we're real people. We're relatable. <laughs> and hopefully hopefully now you as listeners feel like, yeah, yeah, I relate to these guys. And you're getting to know us. You know, we have a dad. <laughs> getting like, to know. Okay, they got a dad. Their kids playing soccer. G's coaching swimming. Uh, My just- team is undefeated. Just. Just to add that in there, swim team, undefeated, only fall sport at our high school that is undefeated this fall. All right. So you got that big news. You got big, big wins for um, the kids' soccer teams. We got big win for the Huskies. And then before the weekend even started, the Huskies get great news, bringing in five-star recruit Savelle Smalls. The, the highest rated recruit the Huskies have landed since the era of these new ratings where we have to, you know, uh, put a star by a name and all that stuff. Since the since that era has started, this is our third highest guy. Only Reggie Williams and Shaq Thompson uh, were ranked higher than Savelle Smalls. An absolutely monster get for the Huskies. So that is exciting stuff. It was a, a monster get in multiple ways because it's a huge recruit. And he's also physically a monster. The guy is massive. I cannot believe you look at him and you're like, there's no way that guy's a high schooler. He looks like a NFL player. He's a giant. 6'3", <laughs> 230 pounds, outside linebacker, number one rated outside linebacker in the country, in the world, really, for high school recruiting. Uh, phenomenal number one guy out of Washington and out out of recent years, some of the knock is incredible as Chris Peterson's recruiting has been. Some of the knock has been that he hasn't been able to get the five-star guys. Obviously we've got loads of four-star guys, 
now we're putting tons of guys in the NFL, but the five-star guy has slipped through his fingers, and I think a lot of people are excited because they feel like the momentum on that is shifting. Obviously, got Sam Heward committed for 2021, a teammate of Savelle Smalls, and now Savelle committing for the class of 2020, and there seems to just, the recruiting momentum is just building and building and building. Uh, It was a a great, great way to head into the weekend for the Huskies with a big recruiting win. And they came in, and any time you can beat USC, uh, that's a fun Saturday. It was a great game. A lot of emotions, a lot of up and down, a lot of give and take. Uh, An exciting, exciting Saturday, exciting weekend. And we'll talk about that next in our love-hate All right, time for love, hate, what, where we talk about us, fans, semi, semi-experts, semi-unbiased, podcasters, extraordinaires, talk about what we loved about the game and what we hated about the game. Uh, G, why don't you start with your love, hate? So my love for this game was goes to just the true freshman, Cameron Williams, on the third drive, gets that interception, uh, that I feel like was just a, such a game changer. We were up seven to zero, and it looked like USC was gonna, you know, come back, come back and answer. And Cameron and Williams said no, and he does a 14-yard return interception, 14 yards, and goes to the USC 38, and just. I felt like that was just such a momentum shift. Like, no, you're not going to answer. We're not going to go back and forth this game. Our defense knows what's up. And then he goes and he says, you know what? One interception, that's not enough for today. I'm going to do a second interception on the final drive of USC. And you know what? He was just on fire. That was my love of the game. Uh, What a great player. What a great game that he had. And then... My hate was honestly for both teams, just the unsportsmanlike conduct calls for both teams after touchdowns. Ah, I just, I hate that call. Let let them celebrate. It reminds me of years ago when Jake Locker was our quarterback. He got a touchdown taken away one time for slightly tossing the football behind his back after a touchdown. And, Let's not bring that up. And they called it like spike. They were like, oh, it's like he spiked the football. I just, come on. What are they supposed to do? Stand stand calmly after their touchdown and, you know. I, I don't know what Matt Fink even did to get a penalty. It was the, the lightest, like, you can't drop the football now. It's <laughs> Yeah. yeah I have... Some of that is so, so ticky-tack. And it's crazy that you get, you know, the same 15-yard penalty for punching a guy in the face as, like, <laughs> dropping the football a little too firmly after a touchdown. Like, if you're not throwing the football at anyone's face, like, yeah, and, let them celebrate. And if you're not taunting or being an a-hole, all that stuff, it's just, I just, I truly, I mean, it is a true hate because I truly hate that kind of stuff. So that was my hate of the game. Let the guys celebrate. They are young college guys. They're excited. Let them have some fun when they get those touchdowns. Um, so those are my love and hate. How about you? All right. Yeah. No, those are good ones. Uh, yeah, definitely Cameron Williams, true freshman. It was great to see. Um, that turnover is huge because it led to our next touchdown, go up 14-0. And then his interception at the to end the game uh, was huge too. And, and it was great to see him just stay in it. Even he had you know one freshman mistake where he got burned by Michael Pittman, got just a 
little caught on his heels, um, but just kept his head in the game and, and end up with that game ceiling interception. So great all around play from him. Uh, for me, the love hate, uh, you know, there's so many as usual, great, great things. So it's hard for me to narrow down. Uh, I'm going to say what I most loved in this game was just the bang, bang play from Elijah Molden, getting the interception, stepping back, intercepting it, you know, right at the one yard line. Uh, just, just pivotal, pivotal moment of the game. Uh, you know, we're up 20 to seven. This could make it 20 to 14 if USC scores there. And then two plays later, Savon Ahmed. We've been just waiting to see this from him. Everyone knows he's got the explosiveness, the burst that he's sort of a lightning touchdown in a bottle uh, for these breakaways. And to get to see it, and to see it at that moment, we get the two point conversion after. 14 point really with the two-point conversion a 15 point swing I mean, you're looking at 20 to 14 versus 28 to 7 that was oh i loved those two plays i mean i was just jumping around i mean that two minutes of football right there is less than two minutes it was like a minute and 15 seconds of football that was just pure pure jubilation and joy and I mean, just phenomenal, phenomenal moment. Those are the fan moments that you just live for. Could not have been happier. Uh, How high did you toss your kids in the air after those moments? I think I just like was <laughs> throwing cheese and crackers around. <laughs> I, there was a nice cheese and cracker plate that was that my father-in-law made. Just great, and I. I took the cheese and crackers and I just started throwing them around like <laughs> confetti. Just come on! Oh, so happy. Uh, no, I didn't do any of that, but <laughs> was happy. Um, the hate for this game, love hate. I didn't really have a hate. Uh, There's, you know, I hated the turnover after um, uh, the the turnover on the trick play after. We held them to their own quick three and out in their own zone. Get the quick punt. First play. But I actually didn't hate. I know a lot of people hate that they went for the trick play there. But to me, going for the trick play is, you know, obviously what I would have done is just kept handing the ball up. You're up, you're up by two touchdowns there. You're into the fourth quarter. Let's just let's just use our three-headed monster running backs and uh, use the clock. But I don't hate that they didn't do that because every once in a while you do have to just go for a knockout punch. And had that trick play been executed, and they talked to Peterson in in the pressers afterwards, and he said, "Look, they just happened to call the exact perfect play—a corner blitz. That was pretty much the only thing that would have broken that play up that badly." And you know, so the trick play where it goes to Hunter Bryant. He's swinging over for a verse. He gets tripped up by the corner blitz and kind of just tosses the ball into the ground, and it's a turnover, and USC gets it. I hated the result of that play. Uh, it was super scary at that moment because we were in a situation where, man, you just needed two first downs and a field goal, and you're up three scores, and the game is completely locked down solid over, and instead you give up a trick, pl- uh, give up a trick play fumble and let USC right back into the game luckily the defense stepped up and it didn't end up matter so i hated the result of the play but unlike a lot of people i don't hate the call because 
that's a good time to call a trick play when people are more expecting you to start running out the clock. And if you can land those knockout punches, if trick plays are so deadly, if you can if you can nail one per game, it's so hard for defenses to prepare for because in the back of their mind, they're always thinking, is this, is this going to be the time? Is this going to be the time? Is this going to be the time? Keeps them on their heels a little bit, keeps them guessing. And so you you got to mix it in there. Chris Peterson has done a good job of mixing it in there. And so I, I like that he mixed it in there. Obviously hated hated the result and the timing. I remember just going like, no, this game was near over. I mean, it's like four or five handoffs and a field goal from being over. And instead, it ended up being a very scary and tight and just kind of a nervous, tense fourth quarter. Um, I hated that we just couldn't quite put this game away fully. Uh, we... I wanted us to get one more score and just solidify it as a blowout. Uh, instead, we just kept finding ways to let USC stick around. So those are my love-hates. Man, that Ahmed run, loved it. Loved it, loved it. You know, I definitely always hate the attitude of people when a, a trick play doesn't work out because as Chris Peterson said in his presser, he's, he was like, if that trick play had have worked out, everyone would have been absolutely loving it coaching genius right? yes co oh. coaching genius so the attitude afterwards is always something that i a little bit hate but um but i understand hating the result of course that's that's something to hate yeah I mean, and that's the thing about trick plays is they're you know they're very they're very all or nothing in the amount of ones that peterson in his tenure had that that have gone more all than they've gone nothing uh makes it where it's like yeah let's Let's keep that in the mix. So, yeah, that's your love-hate. We love you, listeners. We love you. <laughs> All right, we are introducing a new segment this week. It's called Unsung Heroes, but I'm going to sing about them. Uh so these are the players of the game that we feel like they did an awesome job, but they're not really talked about. They're not the, the main players. You know, normally we would do a offensive player of a game and defensive player of the game. Uh, and those people are pretty obvious. So we're going to talk this week about the unsung heroes. All right. Unsung heroes. Um, so the in general, special teams, you know, not a huge hoorah day for special teams. No special teams touchdowns, no special team block kicks or any any of those things that usually get sung about. But Joel Whitford was just absolutely solid as a punter. And it's not something that, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about it the next day, first thing in the presser. But uh, the field position game against an offense as explosive as USC it, it really matters, and Whitford kept us winning that game. And someone who helped him win that game was Kyler Gordon. Kyler Gordon uh, got one punt return where, where he recovered it, recovered Whitford punt inside the five-yard line. He had another huge hit. Um, so Kyler Gordon, Joel Whitford, both great unsung heroes. And, man, the less that we are talking about Peyton Henry, the better. Mm -hmm. Last year, Peyton Henry, you know, he was the egg on the face player for the team, and he's just been solid, hasn't missed a kick yet, and it's huge, huge, because in, in a game like this, you know, if the old Peyton Henry maybe misses both those field goals, and we're in a one-possession game with USC inside our red zone several, several times, and when you have that two-possession 
possession lead, you're just allowed to breathe and relax a little bit more as a defense and play a little more with your mind and a little less just emotions because it's just not as tense. And Peyton Henry kept that game from getting too tense. So uh, special teams was unsung heroes. But the biggest unsung hero, and hardly anyone is talking about this, but it's huge, 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 should be sung about hero, Andre Bocelli. In, in the our second, we're up seven to zero. Uh, you know, coming off the big interception from Cameron Williams that you touched on earlier, Savon Ahmed. Where I'm not sure why he's running the ball there instead of Richard touchdown Newton. Let's give it to Ahmed away from the red zone and Richard touchdown Newton in the red zone. But the ball goes to Ahmed. Although Newton did fumble a couple times last week too. Uh, Ahmed fumbles right at the goal line. Ball falls into the end zone. And Andre Bocelli, mamma mia, Bocelli, uh, just falls on the ball. It's a loose one. He scrambles for it, falls on it. Instead of it being a turnover, or if that ball slips out the back of the end zone, that's a turnover. No touchdown. All of a sudden, USC's got this huge, huge stop. Tons and tons of momentum. In a game, they end up coming down to this close. Unsung hero Andre Bocelli is a hero, folks, for falling on that ball, taking one for the team. If I'm Savon Ahmed, I'm buying him a nice steak dinner this week because <laughs> no one's talking about that Ahmed fumble. Why? Because Andre Bocelli fell on it. It became a 14-0 lead for the Huskies. Huge, huge unsung hero. Andre Bocelli, we tip our hat to you. Beautiful. I completely agree. I didn't write very many notes about this game, but one of the things I wrote was Bocelli awareness on a lucky touchdown. So I agree. He hasn't, he didn't get a lot of praise, but man, we will sing about you mm -hmm. and you listeners out there. You sing about Andre Bocelli as well. Dog pound. <laughs> This is a new segment. It is called, I mean, you're going to be surprised when you hear the title because we are Husky fans, but it is called Hug a Coog because you know what? Cougs, they are fat, dumb, happy, and entitled. So they might need a little bit of a, they might need a little bit of a hug this week. Um, so what do you, what do you think? What well, do you think? I think they'd be nice to hug too because <laughs> they're they're soft. They're as soft. Coach Leach has told us, they're soft. And who doesn't want to hug something soft and squishy and nice? And um, one of the greatest pressers I've ever heard as a Husky fan <laughs> from Coach Leach. But the we, reason we were doing hug a coog is the Cougs the last couple of weeks are having such rough, rough time of it that we just felt like they they needed a hug. And what hug a coog is about. It, 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 well, first, before we tell you what it's about, let's let's talk about, you know, why they need a hug. Um, let's go here. Two weeks ago, it's a late Saturday night, two Saturdays ago, your Washington State Cougars are ranked 19th in the nation. Um, they're looking great, like they're going to have another back-to-back -back really solid years. Uh, they were beating... A USC, a UCLA, sorry, UCLA football team, um, who is, you know, a terrible team. Uh, but they're up on them 
49 to 45 to 17, 45 to 17, I think. Uh, they're up on him a lot. With three minutes left in the third quarter of that football game <laughs> at Pullman. And they give up 50, 50 points from the third quarter on. And since that moment, the Cougars have been outscored 88 to 27. 88 to 27. And since that moment, they've, you know, plummeted out of the rankings, losing to uh, the worst team in the Pac 12 in UCLA, and then getting dominated by a good Utah team. And then just when you thought they couldn't be lower, their own coach says that their players are fat and dumb and happy and entitled. He says, uh, we let them get soft and they are soft. <laughs> I love, love that quote. We let them get soft and they are soft. And and so if you're a Cougar fan, we know, hey, this is a hard time. And in, in the Hug a Coug segment, what we're going to do is we're just going to talk about something that is going well for the Cougs. And just to give you a little just virtual audio podcasting hug. And one thing that's going well for the Cougs is Gardner Minshew, the mustache. Uh, his story in the NFL right now has just been phenomenal. And even though he's a Cougar, I'd say Gardner Minshew is one of my all-time, if, if not my only, uh, favorite Coug that I've ever had. I mean, his story went beyond sports last year with everything that the Cougars went through Um with the Helensky tragedy and everything else. And for Minshew to come on and bring that team back into the national spotlight for, uh, you know, until they lost the Apple cup. Uh, but that's, that's not part of the hug a Kook segment in Garnu Minshew, um, you know, drafted in the late rounds and gets his opportunity and absolutely just grabs a hold of it. And he's just an incredible story from going from four different colleges, um, a late draft pick. And now he's, He's actually the best rookie quarterback in the NFL statistically right now, and that is awesome. And if you didn't see it, there is a segment with Gardner Minshew with Uncle Rico uh, from Napoleon Dynamite talking about it's a, just a tongue-in-cheek kind of Uncle Rico trained Gardner Minshew and the two meet, and Gardner just plays along with it. And Gardner Minshew, hats off. That guy just seems like a fun guy. He's able to laugh at himself. Uh, he's a clutch, clutch performer, and I love that he's getting his chance in the NFL. So, Cougs, that is your virtual hug. I I hope uh, you enjoyed that hug. We we love you just like every big brother loves their little brother. And so uh, enjoy that hug. Cougs, it'll, it'll get better until the Apple Cup. All right, now we are looking to the future. The future, we are playing Stanford this weekend. So real quick, let's talk about Stanford's best game and worst game so that we can kind of prepare ourselves for what we're going to face. So let's get us started. Yeah, best game, worst game. Great way to just preview a team, see what they've done out there. Uh, Stanford has you know, historically been a tough team for the Huskies. We haven't won at Stanford since 2007. Um, so usually always a tough place to play. This year, not so tough to play. Uh, Stanford has been just about terrible. It's pretty hard to pick a best game and a worst game because they really have not had a good game. 
they've had two wins, and so we can kind of look at those. But they were really terrible, terrible wins. Uh, the Northwestern game, oh, that was the ugliest game of that Saturday. Uh, it was 10-7 to with, I think, 30 seconds left, and Stanford got a fumble recovery in the end zone. Uh, that was just kind of a desperation to make it 17-7, which made it look more... Um, more of a comfortable win than it was, but it was really just an ugly, nasty, gross game. And then um, I, I'd say their best win was their win they just came off of. That was probably their best game against the Beavers. We talked about it last week. How bad is Stanford? We weren't sure, and we thought, hey, this is a chance to see. How bad are they? They're going to play the Beavers, who have been awful. Um, the Beavers, who you know lost to Hawaii. And uh, Stanford did come out and... Uh, I, the only thing that made it their best game is that they won, um, and but barely. I mean, they gave up 28 points to the Beavers. That's the same amount of points that Hawaii gave up to the Beavers. You know, for some context, we beat Hawaii 52 to 20. Uh, so Stanford usually is tough, strong, mean defense. Right now, they gave up 500 yards of offense to the Beavers, to the Beavers, and that's probably their best. Um, their best game. Their worst game, again, all four games are a candidate for them. Um, they've <laughs> they've been they've been all five games, excuse me, all five games are a candidate because they've been that poor. Um, I'm gonna say their worst game though was the, the USC game. USC game, they were up twenty to ten, and you know, USC was starting a brand new quarterback, uh, Keaton Slovis, because of JT Daniels injury and USC started off pretty slow and it looks like um, looked like okay maybe Stanford's decent the Northwestern game is an aberration and then they just gave up 35 unanswered points to get blown out 45 to 20 they looked sloppy on offense um, they looked anemic on defense and they got decimated by USC. And after that game, I originally watching, I thought, man, USC is just untouchable. Maybe they're better than we thought. But then a week later, Stanford gave up another 45 points to UCF. And um, they just have not looked very good. So I'm going to say their best game, I guess, their win against the Beavers. So one thing you could say about them is they're coming off their best game. And their worst game, uh, they lost 45-20 to 20 to USC. Again, we just beat USC 28 to 14, so there is a, a similar, uh, similar opponent, similar matchup there that that you can you can gauge a bit. Obviously, different games. We played USC at home. They played at USC. That was the second game of the season. We just did this last week, so you know you can only so much compare those things. But uh, that would be the best and worst from what I think we've seen from Stanford so far. All right. I mean, it sounds like. Our next segment is going to be interesting then since Stanford has not had that great of a season. So we will be moving on to our next segment here. All right. Thank you for listening to the the word from our non-sponsors. So Our imaginary sponsors. Our sponsors right now are imaginary. So just imagine the best product um, with the best sponsor that, that you can imagine, and that's who's sponsoring us. Yeah, and we would never recommend something we wouldn't use. So imagine, Thank you, imaginary imagine sponsors. 
<laughs> imagine us using them. <laughs> the nice thing about that is right now our listeners are also imaginary. So <laughs> we have imaginary sponsors and imaginary listeners. Um, so thank you to everyone. So thank you to everyone. <laughs> imaginary listeners buy our imaginary sponsors product. <laughs> All right. So it is time for Oh No! The, the Oh No moment of this episode where we talk about Oh no, how in the world could we lose this game against Stanford? I think this is going to be a quick oh no cuz let's see what let's see what you have to say here, Jake. Yeah, Stanford is they're really really bad and um <laughs> bad the opportunity to, to watching part as much as I can stomach of, of of quite a few of their games actually. Um and they just don't look like the Stanford of that we're used to. We're used to a well-disciplined, highly physical, tough defensive team. And that's just not who these guys are. And they usually have one just super scary offensive weapon, weapon like J.J. Arcega-Whiteside or uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Bryce Love. They don't have any of those types of weapons right now. Uh, I'd say Connor Weddington is guy actually here from, from the Northwest. As, as maybe their best offensive weapon. And if I had to pick a way that we would lose this game, um, this is the first time I've done this this season. I'm going to say there's no way that we lose this game. And and here's why. Uh, we're talking about a team that just gave up 500 yards of offense to the Beavers. And the Beavers have some good offensive coaching, but they do not have near the offensive weapons that the Washington Huskies have. Um, they just... Do not. They gave up 45 points to USC and then another 45 points um, to UCF. Uh, so they're defensively, they just give up big, big plays. Uh, they don't have defensive toughness. And then offensively, I mean, offensively, just you know, put up six points against the Ducks, uh, 20 points against USC, seven against Northwestern. I mean, just. They're uh, offensively, they don't scare me, and and we're the best, we're the best defense they've they've faced. So they haven't looked good against bad defenses. Um, they haven't looked good against m- mediocre offenses. Uh, so I really I can't imagine a way that they win this game. Uh, their offensive line hasn't looked good, and then. In a, in, against USC in their second game of the season, they lost their their best player, Walker Little. Uh, he'll be a first round draft pick. Some have him going as a lottery pick, and they don't have him. He's out. It, they they really don't have uh, much going for them. I mean, uh, I, I yeah, I can't come up with a way that that they win this game. The only way they win this game is just the the curse of we have not played well at stanford it's a tough place to play and if somehow that like stadium beats us by itself um that's that's the only chance we lose this game yeah and i mean i normally read the game previews and all that stuff uh when we're going into a game and there's usually a lot of information there kind of who i'm going to be looking at and I mean, all my main sources this week, there's really, they're really not talking about much. All they could say was a weakness for the Huskies was our youth. And I think, our, yes, our youth has made some young mistakes on our team, but for the most part, they, they're really proving themselves that they're doing a good job. So I agree. I think there's just, oh, no way that we are going to lose. 
So now let's talk about the fun part. Even though the RO note was kind of fun this week too, because it was kind of like, eh, yeah, we're not really worried. What is the oh yes? How are we gonna win? Uh, this is this is how we're gonna win. Uh, I mean, you look at when you compare the stats of these teams. The Huskies are scoring 38.2 points per game, almost 40 points a game. Stanford, 20 points per game scoring. Uh, we're allowing 17 points per game. They're allowing 29 points per game. We're racking up over 440 yards of offense. They're getting 327 yards off. That's over 100 yards more offense. They're allowing uh, 413 yards on defense. We're allowing 340 um, yards on defense. Uh, uh, we're going to beat them because we're going to dominate every facet of the game. Uh, we're going to dominate offensively. Uh, I think this will be Jacob Eason, one of Jacob Eason's biggest games. I expect him to throw for over 300 yards. And I, I don't think Stanford can stop our running game. Uh, I don't think they have a chance of stopping our running game. I expect big games from all three of our running backs. And uh, also, um, I expect a monster day from Hunter Bryant. Uh, Hunter Bryant is a matchup nightmare for any team, um, but specifically for Stanford. Uh, look also for the screen pass. Uh, the screen pass worked like a charm against Stanford for the Beavers. And they, they seem to over pursue. Like I said, they're not their normal uh, disciplined self. And so they, they, they over pursue, they get out of position. Uh, I, I can see Hunter Bryant being a guy who can really, really expose that. And also, I, I can see the screen pass being uh, a deadly weapon this week with little dump outs to Savon Ahmed and just see his speed bursting around the corner. Uh, we haven't used that much this season. And uh, I could see if, if they're watching the same game tape I, I was watching as our coaches could see that oh man these guys are these guys are over pursuing and there could be some some real openings there and then defensively um defensive defensively like i said stanford just does not scare me offensively uh connor weddington is gonna you know get get his yards he's gonna make some big plays um they but yeah i mean outside of that whether it's costello or mills neither have looked that that great and I, I don't see Stanford – the most I can imagine them getting is 14 points. But I, I think we should be able to hold them 10 to 10 points or less in a pretty dominant performance. I expect us to score um, more than 35, uh, low 40s. I, I, I'm really – I'm predicting an absolute blowout where we look dominant defensively with lots of uh, – our defense causing tons of turnovers. I mean, our defense is just hungry. They are getting turnovers – and now they're playing um, uh, just a pretty untalented, undisciplined offense this year. Like I said, uncharacteristic for Stanford, um, but Stanford just looks, they look really bad this year. And I, I expect it to be a big blowout, a fun game, and uh, just a game to, to pad pad those stats, baby. All right. I um, I just want to give you a little shout out. Your predictions, your oh no, oh yeses have been pretty solid. You've been saying some good stuff, so Listeners, please tell your friend that you, friends, about this semi-unbiased, knowledgeable sports podcast that you are listening to, because if you go back and listen to past episodes, uh, Jake here is doing a pretty good job with these oh no, oh yeses, and we're having a lot of fun here, so please tell your friends, share with everyone, and oh yes, let's win this. All right, go dogs! Thanks for listening.
Thank you for listening to the Purple Paradise podcast. Please share with your friends and go dogs.